Well, I take an artist or a band and listen to their work. Then I put them on a list like a music critic jerk. Then I put them all in order from the best to the worst. But you probably won't like my choice for first. I don't care. You might think this idea is dumb. You're wrong. It's actually random. Hello and welcome to another edition of Random Album. Thank you for joining me. My name is BC. And as you know, Random Album is available not just on Anchor.fm, but on all streaming services, including Spotify, Google Cast, and iTunes. Now, as you know, as I mentioned, going as far back as not just the first episode of the season, but on a few random bonus episodes from the past season, I have recently moved to another state. I am no longer in the state of Minnesota, but nestled up in the wonderful state of Tennessee. And I'll tell you, it's been a trip just settling in for these last several weeks. But I'll tell you, I, I really love it down here. And uh, for those wondering if who are listening in Tennessee, yes, there will be a couple of country music episodes somewhere down the road this season. But you just got to be a bit patient. But for now, on this week's episode of Random Album, I brought something from Minnesota with me that I would like to share with you. Uh, it's unfortunate that most of the country has almost forgotten this band, and it's really a shame because they're still talented, and they're still, they still put out great music. I say they, but it's actually just the front man who's the only original member left in the group. Uh, at this point, the only state that still cares about new music from them is, well, their home state of Minnesota. In case you haven't figured it out yet, no, not the replacements, but that will be coming up on a future episode. And uh, there's another Minnesota artist, but I'm keeping that confidential for the time being. No, instead, this week, I am talking about the legendary alternative rock band, Soul Asylum. Yes, they are still alive and kicking. They just, they had actually put out, they just put out, they did put out a new album about this time last year, uh, Hurry Up and Wait. And as you may recall from the Best of 2020 episode, I had that in my top five. It was that solid of an album and it's not just biasism towards minnesota and soul asylum it really was a good album and it i will say it was the best album they put out in years so where does the new album rank well i have it at number <laughs> no 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 you gotta wait and find out where i put hurry up and wait so you don't have to hurry up and wait any longer. We'll get into the ranking of Soul Asylum, but first, a brief history. Soul Asylum is an American alternative rock band formed in 1981 in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and famous for their 1993 Grammy Award-winning hit, Runaway Train. The band, originally called Loud Fast Rules, consisted of a lineup of Dave Perner, Dan Murphy, Carl Mueller, and Pat Morley. They changed their name to Soul Asylum in 1983. Morley was replaced by Grant Young in 1984. 
The band recorded three albums with Twin Tone Records and two with AM Records with little commercial success. In 1992, they released the triple platinum album Grave Dancers Union featuring Runaway Train. The band played at the inauguration of President Bill Clinton early the next year. They also scored a platinum record with the album Let Your Dim Light Shine three years later. In 2004, Carl Mueller was diagnosed with cancer and the band organized a benefit concert on his behalf. Mueller died a year later. The band released four more albums over the course of the next 15 years, and their most recent was Hurry Up and Wait, their 12th studio release, which came out in 2020. At the time of this recording, Dave Perner, frontman, is the only original member left in the band. With that said, let's get to ranking. As this usually goes with the random album rankings, the rules are as follows. Absolutely no greatest hits collections, no box sets, no live albums, no, EP, no EPs, nothing like that. Just simply the studio albums in chronological order ranked in the preference of how I rank them, as, as you know. So with that said, we kick things off with number 12 from 1998, Candy from a Stranger. Now, this would be the beginning of the end of mainstream success for Soul Asylum, and rightfully so. Honestly, it really was kind of sort of a boring album. I Honestly, I've only listened to it maybe two or three times, and I really can't remember one single song off of there. It stuck, with the exception of one, and it was the only single released off of it in mainstream rock radio. It's I Will Still Be Laughing. Yeah, honestly, like I said, it's the only good song on the album. It's quite a boring album, and it's something I really hate saying describes Soul Asylum's music and Dave Perner's songwriting. But honestly, it it's, most of the albums seem forced. And I realized there was one other single that was released, but it didn't get much airplay. It was a song called Close. But even that seemed forced, and it was one of those songs, I can't remember the lyrics off of it, but it's one that you would have heard before from other artists, and they would have done a much better job on it. Candy from a Stranger peaked at number 122 on the Billboard Top 200 charts before falling off two weeks later, which compared to Grave Dancers Union, which peaked at number 11, and Let Your Dim Light Shine, which peaked at number 6, that is a hell of a drop. And I get it. 1998 was a weird year. You had Semi-Sonic, Natalie Imbruglia, Eve Six, Fastball, Bare Naked Ladies, and Dave Matthews Band both had the best albums of their career come out that same year with Stunt and Before These Crowded Streets, respectively. And... Yeah, there was a lot of good music in 1998, and let's not forget the new metal rise with Korn debuting at number one at the end of the summer that year with their third album, Follow the Leader. So there was a lot of music that 
that people were focused on. But the thing is, even if none of that happened, Candy from a Stranger still would not have been a big hit. It really was a disappointing album. I don't have anything else to add to this one. So we're just going to move right along to number 11. This is the first album from Soul Asylum that was on a major label, specifically A&M Records. By the end of 86, they were done with Twin Tone Records, and they were signed on to Herb Alpert's and Jerry Moss's record label. And the album is called Hang Time. And there were a couple singles released off of it, but didn't really do much of anything. Uh, a couple standouts, though, I will admit, yes, one more than Candy from Stranger did. Uh, the first highlight of the album is a song called Marionette. Now, being as it was the first album on a major label, you would expect the production to be a little more polished compared to their Twin Town years. And it was definitely polished. In fact, you could say it was a little too clean. So as you can see, just from my opinion on Hang Time, it was just merely an okay album. It's not one of my go-tos when I want to hear Soul Asylum. Uh, I will note there was one special thing about this album. If you bought this on CD, this was the only way you could that uh, had that included a bonus track on there. The CD version of Hang Time had a bonus track, and it was the appropriately titled Put the Bone In, which is a cover of a Terry Jacks song from the 70s. For those of you who don't know Terry Jacks, we had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. Yeah, that stupid song. Yeah. Well, that was the bonus track. If you bought it on cassette or vinyl, which is a rarity, by the way, that finding that on vinyl, uh, there was no bonus track, no Terry Jacks cover. So if you really wanted to hear them cover Terry Jacks Put the Bone In, you had to have the CD version. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah. I don't really have anything to add other than the fact that it was their first album on a major record label, and it was just okay. And thankfully, they would get better from here. But we'll talk about that in just a bit, because we still have plenty more of their earlier albums to talk about. Moving right along, just like that, we're in the top 10 on my list of favorite Soul Asylum albums. From 1986, the final album to feature production from Bob Mould, Made to be Broken. I 
Now, again, it's definitely a dirty production, un, unpolished, unkempt, however you want to describe it. But it was definitely good enough that I have it in my top 10 favorite Soul Asylum albums of all time. Uh, this was also on the Twin Tone Records label. And honestly, this is definitely one that I would suggest you give a listen to. It's one of those uh, underappreciated Soul Asylum albums that, uh, it, that I can think of. And it really is good. It's one of the last that has that uh, punk rock sound. And with you, know, you have a legendary icon in the form of Minnesota's own Bob Mould from Husker Du, another great band, doing the production. It was pretty damn solid. The production was great. The guitar work from Perner and Dan Murphy are just spot on. This is definitely their best guitar work from their independent years, from their Twin Tone Records years. I really like it. And I have to include one more highlight from this album. The funny thing is this particular song, most of their Twin Tone Records tracks don't get played unless they perform in Minnesota, but never really been received mainstream notoriety by being played on Soul Asylum's Unplugged special from 1993. Specifically, uh, the line, where will you be in 1993? And if you know what song I'm talking about, you know, you're nodding your head. I can, I can hear that and I can see it too. <laughs> yeah, the song I'm talking about is Never Really Been. The sound of snow falling down on the tombstone in the dead of the night. And who is the hound at the downtown dog pound? Who speaks English when the watchman's not inside? And where will you be in 1993? Still sitting in the same chair. Sinning is for sinners, and I'm just a beginner. I've never really been. It's a fun album from start to finish, and it just seemed apropos to sing Never Really Been on an Unplugged special from 1993. And by the way, that special aired about the same week that Runaway Train hit number one on the mainstream rock charts and was just doing gangbusters, even on Top 40 Radio, where all the kitty pop and all that shit was being played. So they were doing something right in 1993, but we'll be talking about that much later. I'm really getting ahead of myself here. Uh, one final thing I need to say about Made to be Broken, I pretty much have already covered it, but if you've never heard it, it is available on streaming services. If you live in Minnesota, there's a whole ton of record stores that are selling it, so just Keep an eye out for it. Do listen to Made to be Broken. Highly recommended. It was good enough to kick off the top 10 portion of my Soul Asylum list. Uh, moving right along at number nine, I can honestly say this was probably the worst of their uh, releases from the 2000s through 2020, uh, to 2000s through the 20s. Uh, this came out in 2016, Change of Fortune. I really enjoy the album cover on here with the monkey in the lake and looking, it appears to be in the cold too, but the monkey is holding a cell phone. That's pretty damn cute. I, that, that is adorable. 
So they get points for that. That unfortunately, that was the one thing that really put this into the top ten was that cool album cover with the monkey on the phone in the water. But as you'll find out, this is essentially a Dave Perner solo album because at this point he was the only original member left in the band. Now, this was also the introduction of three new members. I did say it was a Dave Perner solo album, essentially because he was the only original member, but there are three members that joined. Uh, Mike Bland, who used to play drums for Prince, RIP. He plays drums on Soul Asylum, still does, by the way. Winston Roy played bass, and Justin Charbono was on lead guitar for this album. This would be the only album with Charbono because right after Change of Fortune was released, he was promptly replaced by Ryan Smith on lead guitar. So, yeah, Mike Bland's still in the group. I believe Winston Roy is still in there as well. But Charbono lasted maybe a year before being let go. But the guitar work, as far as he's concerned, it's not bad. Unfortunately, I don't grab as far as their later releases go. I don't gravitate to Change of Fortune the way I did other albums, and those are going to be definitely higher up, as you will see in just a bit. But I don't know. One other highlight on here was the song Cool. Despite being the worst of their later releases, specifically from the 2010s, which is a little unfair since there's only two albums that came out from that decade by them. But Change of the Fortune is definitely my least favorite from their later stuff. But uh, the highlight, highlight on here that I will play for you is a song called Cool. It's uh, not my opinion of it is pretty much the same as the song title. It's cool. We're just going to keep on rolling here. Coming in at number eight is Soul Asylum's very first album, going far back to 1984, produced by rock icon Bob Mould. Say what you will, Clarence, Carl sold the truck. Now, as I mentioned before, this is a debut album, and this is a uh, punk rock vibe from them. And you can tell this with a little, obviously with Husker Do's Bob Mulford producing, but listen to this track, the opening track, Walking. Walking. 
And I take that back. That's actually the first single released off of it. It was played on Minneapolis Rock Radio, obviously. But the first track on there is Dragging Me Down. So I apologize. See, I can make I make mistakes too. Uh, funny story about this. Uh, the album title is based on actual events. Uh, this uh, The part portion of the title, Carl Sold the Truck, which was fairly recent in later releases, I'll talk about in a sec. But Carl Sold the Truck refers to bassist Carl Muller, RIP, selling the band's Chevrolet pickup truck for a larger Dodge van, which would be used as their transportation method when they were touring in 1984. Uh, the original version of it is just simply says, say what you will. It's now out of print, but the original version only had nine songs, sold 6,738 copies on vinyl, and over 2,600 cassettes sold. Uh, the CD version, which is out now, is 14 tracks long. Uh, five of those songs were included on a rare cassette release from Soul Asylum called Time's Incinerator. And one of the songs that, uh, there's a couple, uh, there's really, there's not really just a couple. There are some damn good songs on this album. And for those of you who were familiar with them with Runaway Train, and as somebody who'd been living in Minnesota for a little over two decades, yes, my first knowledge of Soul Asylum was Runaway Train on MTV. So I never, I, I'm a fan, but I never once said I was a fan from the beginning. Because, you know, sheltered and shit like that. <laughs> but anyway, for those of you who are so used to hearing Runaway Train, Black Gold, and Misery, this is a shock to the system with the punk rock sound. And it's definitely effluent throughout the entire album. <laughs> It's just a real shock to the system. If you've never heard their earlier work, if you weren't a teenager growing up in the Twin Cities in the 80s, yeah, everyone, everyone's knowledge of Soul Asylum is everything from 1993 onward or 1993 through 98 because fans do get fickle after a while. Music fans, I should say. But Say What You Will, Clarence, is a pretty damn good album. Uh, it's definitely up there as one of my favorites. Obviously, it's in the top 10. Uh, sometime later this episode, I will provide a list of albums that I think you should get situated with as far as Soul Asylum goes. It's not necessarily in the ranking order, but I would really, I'll give you some suggestions. And this one's definitely going to make the cut. So be sure you listen to that. Uh, as, so as you could tell from the song Happy, the punk sound is pretty much throughout the entire album. Bob Mould, Husker Du, New Day Rising was one of the biggest albums that year as well. And I think it is the best Husker Du album. So, spoiler alert, if I ever do an episode of Husker Du, you know it's going to be number one. And one final track on here, it didn't 
didn't uh, show up on this album until the deluxe edition came out, or if you've listened to it, Times Incinerator. Gotta love the uh, longest track on the album, the five minute, 10 second Religivision. Yeah, honestly, if you put this in front of somebody, it's it's easy to mistake this for a Husker Du album. But nope, the only thing involving Husker Du, as far as this album goes, is the fact that it was produced by Bob Mould. Otherwise, this is a Soul Asylum album. And another Soul Asylum album is at number seven from 1986, While You Were Out. This would be the last album that would be recorded on the Twin Tone record label before the company shut down and as you know two years after that they would go into AM records so this was definitely a swan song for independent music in the 80s as far as soul asylum is concerned <laughs> This actually is another album that should be uh, that you should give attention to. It's it's pretty damn good. I mean, the punk sounds there, but they also experiment with other types of music on here as well. Oddly enough, of all the Soul Asylum albums that came out, this one has had tracks the most tracks covered by bands. A uh, couple of examples of this are. Uh, Closer to the Stars, which is on this album. This was covered by Automatic 7 uh, on their debut release from the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And a song that stood out to me was a song, The Judge, which was later covered by a band called The Wild Hearts, which was released on their album, Stop Us If You Heard This One Before, which is a covers album by The Wild Hearts, an English rock band. So even bands overseas knew what Soul Asylum was about. So this was definitely, for album number three, this was a magnum opus for the Minneapolis rock sound for a very long time. And at this point, they were touring with Husker Du, who were going to be calling it quits at around this time as well. Despite the touring with Husker Du, the album didn't really do much anywhere except for the state of Minnesota, understandably so. So it's really a shame because I really do think this is a Diamond in the Rough album. I'm going to say this about a good chunk of the 80s stuff from Soul Asylum, because there really is some damn good stuff on here. I please do check it out. A good chunk of Soul Asylum's material is on Spotify and 
again, if you're living in Minnesota and you want to stock up on Soul Asylum albums, you've got record stores just about every few miles here. Yes, even with a the pandemic, there are some good record stores still open. Electric Fetus is one. Solstar Records is another good one. Please go check these albums out. You will not be disappointed. You've also noticed from the songs I played on this album, the punk rock sound was slowly uh, fading as far as the album goes. And when you think about it, 1986 was when While You Were Out came out. And this was a precursor to the grunge sound. So if I ever did a random episode about top 10 grunge albums, I think While You're Out's gonna make my top 10. Just, just putting it out there. The moral of this story is when you think grunge to the untrained ear, you instantly think Kurt Cobain. But when you're Minnesotan, you think Bob Mould and Dave Perner. You've just been schooled. Thank you for listening to Random Album Rankings. Remember, listener support is greatly appreciated. So be sure to leave a comment and message below. And if you're feeling up to it, you may leave a donation as well, as little as 99 cents a month, not even a buck. So to learn more, go to anchor.fm slash random dash album. Remember, that's R-A-N-D-U-M-B dash A-L-B-U-M-B slash support and do your part. Thank you again. This is side two. If you want to play the record from the beginning, please turn over. Do not play this side if you want side one. This is side two. Well, wouldn't you know it, we are halfway done with this list. We already covered the first six on our Random Album Rankings episode of Soul Asylum. And now we are in my top six all-time favorite albums of Soul Asylum. Coming in at number six is the best of their 2010s releases, which is kind of sort of unfair since they only put out two albums but this one is definitely the better of the two the lesser of the two evils if you will the album from 2012 delayed reaction which spawned one single that was an attempt to come back to mainstream radio but as it turned out the only state that played it heavily was their hometown of minneapolis minnesota the single i'm talking about gravity A couple fun facts on this album. Believe it or not, despite the fact that the band did tend to curse on previous albums and most recent albums, this is the first and only Soul Asylum album that was slapped with a parental advisory label. I know, find that hard to believe, but 
that was the case. That is the only album of theirs that ever got the parental advisory label. And they've been swearing on their songs for years. So who knows? Uh, and the other fun fact is this is their first album back on an independent label since 1986. And the label in question is 429 Records. And yeah, this album, the other reason I have this at number six is not because of the Pearl Advisor and all that stuff, but Delayed Reaction is a good album and sadly marked the end of an era because after about three, four months after this album was released, longtime guitarist Dan Murphy retired from touring and left Soul Asylum permanently. This really is a good album and probably one of the best albums of theirs of the last uh, several years. I know they've only put out five albums in the last 20 years uh, since their heyday in the 90s, but I really enjoyed Delayed Reaction. And even, even though it was a bittersweet album with Dan Murphy leaving the band after the release of Delayed Reaction... At the end of it all, it just seemed like it was less of an album to get back into the spotlight, but more an album that sounds like two good friends jamming like nothing happened. And for the first time on an episode of Random Album Rankings, I'm going to do a Where Are They Now? What is Dan Murphy up to since he retired from Soul Asylum and touring in general? Well, uh, he still lives in Minneapolis, and he currently runs an art gallery right in the uh, suburbs uh, called Grapefruit Moon Gallery. Uh, sadly, I've not had a chance to uh, check it out. One of these days I will. But yeah, Grapefruit Moon Gallery in Minneapolis is still open. They do take tours, but you got to call in advance, especially in light of current events. So I'm glad Dan Murphy is alive and well. I'm glad he's uh, doing what he does best. He's an artiste now. Well, he was an artist in Soul Asylum, but he's a legit artist now more than ever. So I'm glad Dan's doing well. And that was random. Where are they now? One more fun fact before we enter the top five for Soul Asylum. This was also the only Soul Asylum album where Tommy Stinson of The Replacements was a full-time member. You, uh, we'll talk about his involvement with the band in just a bit, but it was definitely, it was, it was a Minnesota rock album. What more can I say? Replacement, Soul Asylum, 
It was a match made in Lando Lakes heaven. Coming in at number five is the second Soul Asylum album to be released on a major label. As you know, I had talked about Hang Time earlier in the episode. I had that at number 11. And my opinion of that album was that it was just okay. Thankfully, the band will get better on a major label sooner, thankfully, rather than later. From 1990, the album I have at number five, and the horse they rode in on. Now, as I said, this is their second album on AM Records. You will I will also point out I didn't mention this on Hang Time, but in between Hang Time and Horse They Rode In on, they did a little tribute to their man to their boss, Herb Alpert, who runs AM Records. He's the A and AM. Uh, he put out an album in 1966 called Whipped Cream and Other Delights. If you've ever seen the album cover, it's a lovely model covered in whipped cream. Well, Soul Asylum did one up and put out an EP called Clam Dip and Other Other Delights, which featured Carl Moeller covered in Clam Dip, just to pay tribute to the to the album cover Whipped Cream and Other Delights. Yes, that is Carl Moeller, the bassist, covered in clam dip, clam dip. Oh man, and he he admitted, understandably so, that it was a miserable experience because the mixture of whipped cream and seafood just was so foul smelling. And hours of getting photo, getting the right photo for that album cover, it's just. Mm. Better you than me, Carl, R.I.P. Hopefully you're staying away from clam dip and whipped cream in where you are now. Uh, one highlight on And the Horse They Rode In On. I got to point out, though, And the Horse They Rode In On is a guilty pleasure soul asylum on because they were experimenting with other sounds. There's a little bit of that uh, uh, rockabilly vibe from Brand New Shine, which was a single released off of it. One song on here was included in the closing credits to the 1997 film Chasing Amy, the movie where Ben Affleck fell in love with Joey Lauren Adams, whose character was a lesbian. Uh, to this day, I mean, this was the beginning of a beautiful friendship with between David Perner and director Kevin Smith, as his music, Perner's music, would be included in a good chunk of Kevin Smith's movies. Uh, he was also on the Jane Silent Bob's soundtrack with solo work, uh, Tube of Wonderful, which was also used in the opening of Chasing Amy. 
and Misery from Let Your Dim Light Shine and I'm going ahead, featured in the end of closing credits of Clerks 2. But I'm, I'm, I'm jumping way ahead. I apologize. I mean, as you can see, the pact between Dave Perner and Kevin Smith has been strong since 1997. And We Three was good enough to be on the closing credits of Chasing Amy. Meant to be I think is probably in my top 10 favorite songs of soul asylum on there. It really is it, when it, it was used beautifully in the closing credits of chasing Amy. So it seemed to fit well, but the lyrics are just absolutely gut wrenching. And as you could tell, Perner's songwriting on this album was much stronger compared to the previous albums. He seemed to want to be taken a little more seriously and it wouldn't be until three years later when they would really hit mainstream success. But And the Horse They Rode In On was definitely a sign of things to come as far as songs like Veil of Tears are concerned. I really like this album, and for being only their second album on a major label, they really stepped it up, especially Dave Perner. The songwriting is definitely a lot more mature compared to Hang Time and Say What You Will, Clarence, and, and everything before that. This is an album, despite the album cover, with The Horse and Soul Asylum. Some people actually mistook this for a country album. Can you believe that? But it, don't judge a book by the cover, as the old saying goes. This really deserves your attention. And if I were to recommend three albums that you really should give a listen to from Soul Asylum, I would go with And the Horse They Rode In On. I would go with, uh, as far as the earlier stuff goes, I would go with Horse They Rode In On. I would go with While You Were Out. Those would be the two that I would lean towards because that was going to be a sign of things to come for Soul Asylum. They were not only honing their sound, but the songwriting was just going to get better from here. The next album I have coming in at number four is Not Without Tragedy. Uh, talking about this, and you pretty much know what I'm going to be talking about now. Uh, this would be the final Soul Asylum album to feature Carl Moeller as bassist, as on because on June 17, 2005, one year before this album would come out, Carl would pass away due to complications from throat cancer. And this is such a swan song album for 
a legendary bassist and especially for the Minneapolis rock sound coming in at number four from 2006, the final album on a major label legacy records in this case, to be exact. I am talking of course about the underappreciated masterpiece. That is the silver lining. The song you're hearing right now is Stand Up and Be Strong, which would be their final chart entry on any U.S. music chart, at least on Billboard. Uh, it did crack the top 30 on the modern rock charts and the bottom rungs of the uh, top 40 on the adult top 40 chart. Nothing on pop, nothing on the Hot 100. But the reason for the song's success was because it was used in many promos for college football games on ESPN during the 2006 season and honestly it's definitely uh when you think about our tribute to call Moeller. Because Carl's condition was so weak at the time of recording, Tommy Stinson of The Replacements would uh, jump in and play bass on some of the tracks. Definitely a good way to keep the Minnesota vibe alive, but also another way to keep Soul Asylum alive. And I'll talk about that after I play this clip from Bus Named Desire. This was the first album in eight years because after the disappointing commercial and critical uh, release of Candy from a Stranger in 1998, Soul Asylum decided to take a break. Dave Perner worked on a solo album at that point, which came out in late 2000. But with Carl's condition, I mean, he had throat cancer. He had been cancer-free for at least a couple of years. But by the time of the recording of Silver Lining, the cancer had come back and unfortunately took him away from us, which just proves what a fucking asshole cancer can really be. And after his passing, nobody was sure if Soul Asylum would continue after his death. But with Tom, however, with Tommy Stinson playing bass, helping out, especially on tracks like Standing Water, Soul Asylum obviously and thankfully is still going strong even without the longtime basis tommy stinson really gave the band the kick in the ass they needed during these rough times Like a 
interesting fact about this album despite tommy stinson joining in during the recording of this album he wouldn't he wouldn't become a permanent member until the album's released and he would remain with the band until 2012 when he left after he and dan murphy left after the release of delayed reaction and another example of this being such a damn good example of a minnesota rock album michael bland this was the first Soul Asylum to album to feature Michael Bland on drums. And as I mentioned when I talked about Delayed Reaction about five, ten minutes ago, Michael Bland was playing drums for Prince. So this was clearly a Minnesota rock album if there ever was one. You got Dave Perner, you had Carl Muller, you had Tommy Stinson, then you got Michael Bland joining the mix into the mix and the result is probably one of the best albums of that decade no joke i really think silver lining was one of the best albums the band put out despite everything and i have to admit i really enjoy the closing track there's a hidden track on there which brings it to a total of eight minutes fearless leader but it's slowly rising that really should have been recognized a little better than it had, but I really love this album. And yeah, as far as Minnesota albums are concerned, Silver Lining is definitely in my top 10. <laughs> And I know with Silver Lining, it wound up being, we were talking about grief, sadness, and loss on this one. But I can assure you, as soon as we enter the top three, uh, it's going to be more positive from there. And I can honestly say we, we will begin our top three with an album that I put on my year-end list for last year. And you're going to be surprised where I rank it. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with the top three from Soul Asylum right after this. Last April, Soul Asylum released their 12th studio album, Hurry Up and Wait. If you recall the best of 2020 episode that I did with my wife, I had put Hurry Up and Wait at number six for the year. That's how good I thought the album was. So, where do I have the most recent album of theirs on this list? Well, that kicks off the top three. I love this album. No, no I don't love this album. I fucking love this album. When I went to the doctor, I was feeling bad. Got it pretty good. I went to the church, to see what they had. I got it pretty good. Psychiatrist said back to the priest. He just said, Keep your trousers creased. You know, I got it. Yes, I got it. Cause I got it pretty good. 
How are you not smiling and bobbing your head to this song? Unless you're not into that stuff? I mean, shame on you. Got it pretty good. It's a good, dumb, fun song. But I can't say that about the whole album. It's it's fun. It's not dumb. It's just a damn good Soul Asylum album. I thought Hurry Up and Wait was their best work in the last 20 years. And I thought it was their best work since their success in the 90s. And even though Dave Perner is the only original member left in the band, Soul Asylum, just from tracks like Got It Pretty Good and Make Her Laugh, that which I'm about to play, Soul Asylum is revitalized after all this, and it's really showing here. Just when you think you had enough, and you're tired of trying to suck it up, I know you can make David Perner is going to go down in history as one of the most underrated American songwriters of all time. Honestly, I mean, if you only listen to him for listen to Soul Asylum during a runaway train and then moved on, ignoring this band, I I really don't know what the hell you're thinking because that guy proved he's more than just two hit songs that were played on top 40 and the rest were successes on alternative rock radio because Dave Perner is a damn good songwriter. No joke. I put him up there as far as underrated American songwriters go. He's up there with Matt Scannell of Vertical Horizon. He, I put him up there with Paul Durham from Black Lab. Don't worry, there'll be an episode on them in the future. And Duncan Sheik is another example of a great American songwriter in the last 50 years. Dead serious. Do take a listen to Dave Perner's work. His solo material isn't so bad. His work on Soul Asylum is just top-notch, and it's been that way since the 90s, and he has not stopped. And one song I heard off this album, this came out about a few months before Hurry Up and Wait, and right then and there, I was excited. For the first time in years, I was excited for a new Soul Asylum album. And the highlight on this album is Landmines. This is a really good album from start to finish. If you've never heard this album, even after I recommended you listen to Hurry Up and Wait on the Best of 2020 episode, just drop what you're doing right now, look up the album, take a listen to it, go buy it, go download it. Well, buy it because Soul Asylum would really appreciate the fact that you're still buying records to this very day. And so would I, and I host a podcast that's on streaming services. So there you go. Hurry Up and Wait is definitely an album you need to buy. Whether you're a Soul Asylum fan or not, if you love good rock music, this is the album to purchase. The production is amazing. 
the instrumentation, songwriting, the vocals are top notch, which is something that couldn't be said uh, since their 90s heyday, which we're talking about shortly. I really don't have anything else to add to hurry up and wait other than I fucking love this album. And this is the closer that we're playing right now, Silly Things. Maybe one or two ballads on here, but even they speak volumes on here. It's just a damn good album. So hurry up and buy Hurry Up and Wait. Don't wait. You confused? Just buy the damned album, would you? <laughs> and now we are in the top two. I did say Hurry Up and Wait was their best work since their 90s heyday. And one album I have at number two is wasn't the big critical and commercial success that the band hoped for, but I really think it's a damn good album as well. In fact, I will say this is the most underrated album in Soul Asylum's career. I would include this on the list of how to get yourself situated or how to start off on Soul Asylum. I've mentioned uh, and the horse they rode in on. I mentioned while you're out. I wouldn't start with their successful album. I would go right into the album at number two, Let Your Dim Light Shine. Because even though this was not the critical success, and people say it's a commercial failure because it sold about half of Grape Dancers Union, but it debuted at number six on the Billboard Top 200 albums charts. And that says a lot. The fan base was still there. The interest was still there. And I'm talking about 1995's Let Your Dim Light Shine, which featured the hit single, Misery. Now, it didn't really help that about two months after this song came out, Weird Al Yankovic released Bad Hair Day, and Misery got the parody treatment in the form of Syndicated Incorporated. So, if you've never heard the song, Weird Al Yankovic was basically saying about him and a buddy just kicking back and watching reruns of old TV shows, Brady Bunch, Three's Company, all that stuff, and... Yeah, Misery seems to be forgotten now thanks to that, but Misery is a good song, and Let Your Dim Light Shine is a really good album, too. It may not have been a big seller like Grave Dancers Union, but I really think the album is just so damn good and really deserves your attention. Please don't leave me to my own devices. Oh. 
The album title came from a lyric in a single that peaked in the top 20 on the alternative rock charts, Promises Broken, which I, I'm not going to play that one because, honestly, it is my least favorite song off the album if I really had to be picky as to what song I would have left off. But otherwise, as a whole, Let Your Dim Light Shine is horribly underrated. And I think, to a point the better album from the 90s heyday there's just no way about around it and yeah i skip promises broken mainly because it's nothing to write home about now speaking of nothing to write home about that is another good song off this album If there really is one Soul Asylum album that deserves your attention, it is Let Your Dim Light Shine. And I can't really close out this, talking about this album without playing the other big hit off the album, Just Like Anyone. So as much as I talk about how this deserves your attention more than Grave Dancers Union, I do have it at number two, but it is so damn close. It's basically a coin flip, which is something I I really hate that if this had to be determined in a coin flip because it's every bit as good as, as uh, Grave Dancers Union was. But you pretty much know what number one is at this point. But... We're going to talk about it anyway, so stay tuned and enjoy just like anyone while I get ready to announce number one. As I had mentioned earlier, talking about Let Your Dim Light Shine, it was so hard to determine which would be my favorite Soul Asylum album between this and Grave Dancers Union. I hate being one of those people that think the best-selling album is their best. I'm not the biggest fan of people who think the first album will always be the best. And while Grave Dancers Union was not their first album, and Grave Dancers Union is their best-selling album, but that's not why I have it at number one. I have it at number one because, damn it to hell, it is a very good album. And the songwriting from Dave Perner is just absolutely solid on here. If While You Were Out and The Horse They Rode In On was just a sign of maturity in his songwriting, Grave Dancers Union really delivered as far as the songwriting skills go at triple platinum and 76 weeks on the billboard top 200 peaking at number 11 on that same chart this really spoke volumes and i apologize earlier when i was talking about hang time uh, i had mentioned runaway train was the number one song no it was actually somebody to shove which was the number one song on the alternative rock charts Waiting by the phone. 
It is, I admit, it's a cop-out picking their best-selling album as their best work, but it really is a good album from start to finish. This was one of the best rock albums from the uh, alternative rock scene as far as the 90s are concerned. It's up there with Automatic for the People by R.E.M. I put it up there with uh, Octung Baby by U2. I put it up there with it, not Nevermind, but In Utero by Nirvana, Dookie by Green Day. This is one of the most essential alternative rock albums of the 1990s. And Grave Dancers Union really delivers. I always gravitate back to this one and Let Your Dim Light Shine. And most recently, Hurry Up and Wait, which I'm also including on my list of, the, of albums you really need to consider yourself uh, to give a listen to is, um, is definitely up there so the five that i would recommend they're not necessarily in the top five on my list but i would start with and the horse they rode in on then i would listen to while you were out and then i would go to uh let your dim light shine then grave dancers union and then go into hurry up and wait honestly in my opinion if i really had to give you a few albums to start off with they're not in any particular order of chron chronological order, not in the list of this ranking, but those are the five, and Grave Dancers is going to make the cut. All right, I'm done rambling about that. Uh, a highlight from Grave Dancers Union is a politically-based tune, which he admitted uh, during a concert I saw him perform in 2013. He said that it's about fracking, and I am talking about the Desert Storm-based tune Black gold. Inside yours, this side's mine. Brother, you ain't my kind. You're soldier, white fire. Won't you fill up the tank? Let's go for flight. Short light to feel some pride, but this place just makes me feel sad inside. Mother. I should also note that the videos for both Black Gold and uh, Somebody to Shove were directed by Zack Snyder, who you know from directing the Wonder Woman movies, uh, Justice League, and yes, even the very first 300 movie, and Watchmen. So I'd say that's a big step up, especially not bad coming from a guy who's first uh, time behind the camera was directing Soul Asylum. So that was a sign of things to come for him as well. I should also note Black Gold did get, I don't want to say parodied, but the instrumentation was very sim on Black Gold was similar to Weird Al's The Night Santa Went Crazy, which also appeared on the Bad Hair Day album. If you've never heard The Night Santa Went Crazy, do check it out because the music and the way he's singing sounds like Black Gold without necessarily parodying it. But yeah, <laughs> man, Weird Al and Soul Asylum, who knew? I should also point out a fun fact on Grave Dancers Union. The album title 
comes from a song on the album without a trace. I'm going to play a little clip of this song, which was played on the late show with David Letterman back in 1993. Another interesting thing that makes this album stand out is this would be the final Soul Asylum album to feature Sterling Campbell on drums. He would be promptly kicked out of the band before the tour. And being as he was difficult to work with, he only played drums on half the album. The rest of it was done by Grant Young, who lasted for a few more years before Michael Bland took over. So, yeah, there's a lot of drama in there as far as the drummer is concerned. Uh, drummer drama? Drama? Whatever. Try and get that one trending on Instagram. Hashtag drama. D-U-R, or I'm sorry, D-R-U-M-M-A. Uh, an interesting thing when I was doing my research on Soul Asylum, in on the American Songwriter website, Dave Perner describes songwriting as... A lonely business. Uh, he says, quote, songwriting is a lonely business, so it takes a lot of being alone. And I know there's a lot of bands that get together and jam and make a song out of it. But for me, I just kind of have to face the blank page. And that's kind of an interesting way to go about as far as songwriting goes. I mean, there are different ways that songwriters go about ideas. Uh, he also went on to say he continues to mark up those blank pages with great songs. And most recently, uh, he wrote a lyric book around this time, Loud Fast Words, which was the original uh, band name for Soul Asylum, believe it or not. So it may be a lonely business, but at the end of the day, it pays off. I'm sorry, uh, Loud Fast Rules was the name of the was the original band name. Uh, the lyric book is called Loud Fast Words, and I do highly recommend the uh, that read as well. It's a good, it's a pretty good read. Check it out. And Grave Dancers Union is a pretty good listen. <laughs> I will say 99%, the track you just heard on here is probably the most experimental work that they've ever done. And it was definitely, it fit for the grunge era as well. And I know before we uh, wrap this up, we can't really talk about this album without talking about the biggest hit of their career, Runaway Train. And it was a huge hit on the pop charts. It only got as high as number 13 on the alternative charts. But as far as pop and even adult contemporary, it made the top 10. Adult contemporary, a genre at that time that was drowned by Mariah Carey and Michael Bolton, Elton John, Phil Collins. And here's young, loud, rough soul asylum singing about 
uh, Runaway Train, whose music video dealt with missing children. Uh, you've seen the video. I don't really need to discuss it further. I know you want to hear a clip of the song now. There was, there's really one highlight about this song and especially the music video, which won best rock video on the MTV Video Music Awards uh, at this time. Uh, as of today, 26 of those cases uh, that were featured in the U U.S. and U.K. versions of the video, 26 cases were resolved to this very day. And that's pretty damn good. Still got a long ways to go, unfortunately. But my God, 26 cases resolved after that video came out? Fantastic. And if there's one takeaway from Dave Purr and Soul Asylum, when I saw him in concert in 2013, by the way, he puts on a damn good show. Even whether it's solo solo or Soul Asylum, Dave Perner is definitely somebody you need to see in concert. And I think he's one of the last good guys in rock music. He really is a decent human being. Having the privilege of seeing him in concert, shaking his hand after the show. He's a real good good human being, down-to-earth, just awesome. Perner's a good guy. Soul Asylum is a great band, and Great Dancers Union is their best album. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And just like that, another random album is in the books. But before I go, got to do the usual recap from worst to best. So here we go. At number 12 from 1998, Candy from a Stranger, followed by Hang Time at number 11, Made to be Broken in 10th, Change of Fortune at number 9, debut album from 1984, Say What You Will, Clarence, Carl Sold the Truck at number 8, While You Are Out at number 7, Delayed Reaction at number 6, and The Horse They Rode In On at number 5, The Silver Lining at number 4, the latest release from last year, Hurry Up and Wait, coming in in 3rd, yes, I still stand by that, it is a damn good album. Anyway, moving right along, number 2, Let Your Dim Light Shine, and my pick for number 1 Soul Asylum album, Grave Dancers Union from 1992. That's going to do it for me. I'm out the door. We'll be back next week with another Random Album episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Random Album. And you can leave a message on anchor.fm slash random dash album. Leave a message. Doesn't matter if you're going to be nice or if you don't like the show, leave a message. I'll probably play it on the air in the next couple weeks. And if you want to donate a little bit of money, listener support is greatly appreciated. You can donate as little as 99 cents a month. We are also on Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. Click follow, leave a five-star review, one-star review. As long as you are leaving a message or leaving a review, it's greatly appreciated. I'm happy either way. So until next week, remember, I'm BC saying, the world is your oyster. Get out there and shock it.
Goodbye, everybody. You may think this idea is dumb. Well, you're wrong. It's actually random. Thank you.